Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. There's no business like show business. In a way, we go. Welcome to the Merrill Community Players Podcast featuring the Green Room Groupies. I'm your de facto host, David War, and looking around the Green Room, I see... Ron Roberts. Brian Burchett-Ross. Robert Yeoman. And we are here to talk once again about community theater. I don't remember what we talked about. We talked about the business of theater and with emphasis on the community and the local theater and the amateurs, um, which I didn't mention last episode. So for those of you who are just joining us from last episode, that's what ostensibly the show is about, the, the business of community theater. Um, but as you have discovered, we go into what we lovingly call the tangent verse, and hopefully you, you enjoy the ride. Uh, <laughs> so a couple episodes ago, we, we kind of continuing in our theme, and we actually, uh, going along, uh, last episode we just talked about what the hell is wrong with audiences, and before we talk about what the hell is wrong with actors, I think it's time to hit the big, big topic here. Each one of us have, has been in this position. Um, it's more complicated, one might think, for those who are, who are not involved in the community theater, but what the hell is wrong with directors? Uh, we touched upon it in episode 14, but l- why don't we take a little deep dive into this? Yeah, Brian's shaking his head yes because he was right and I was wrong about something. But no, 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 that go. wasn't why. Just, just so you know, I do not remember every episode we do as well as he does. You don't edit them either, though. So yeah, that's, that's true. I that's that's why I, I know them. They'd be 10 minutes long. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> bye, thanks. <laughs> Hit subscribe. <laughs> What's wrong with actors? Thank you. you. <laughs> self-evident um but but so so let's open it up what what is wrong with directors um and and i uh, i guess here i just ask you all the question that i keep talking um what i'm thinking is is for those of you out there who have never been a director before the director position is is like say it is complicated um because you're on the surface responsible for everything that happens on that stage during the show Mm -hmm. the reality is it's a shared collaboration effort um, because you have to work with the director you have to work possibly with other directors Mm. Um, if you're in a musical for example there's usually a director but then there's also a music director there's a choreographer who's a director and there might even be an orchestra uh, director you know the music might be broken into two people a vocal and an orchestra and then you get the big time you got a lighting director Uh, lighting directors I mean there's a there's a whole crew um in most uh, what we call the straight shows, the, the regular dramas and comedies, you have basically have a director, and that director may have an assistant, may not have an assistant. In the community theater, I think we see assistants more often probably than you, you actually have in, in um, other professional theaters. I'm not sure on this. But in, certainly what we've seen more and what we've done is uh, often where you'll have the director and then the assistant director also serves as a stage manager because it's somebody who's been on... On the production team from the beginning and understands the show, sometimes stage manager is completely separate. We have talked in the past about the stage manager's role and because the stage manager actually becomes the de facto director when the show goes up, uh, which means you know the curtain opens for the first time in front of a live audience. Episode 9. Episode 9. Um, and <laughs> he, he knows them all. Um, so, but, so from an artistic point of view... The director is the person who's in charge of what's happening on the stage. Director also has to usually work with the producer, who's typically in charge of the money. Um, in our case, the producer is, is the theater group itself. 
mostly, though we have a production coordinator who coordinates everything. But the producer acts there as, as the brakes. So when the director is saying, I need 50 white pianos uh, for everyone to dance on, they're the, the people saying, and you have sponsors for this where? Uh, because uh, those of you who have not watched Waiting for Guffman, it's the scene where <laughs> where he comes in and says, I need 100000 for the show, and the townsfolks say, we only have a $50,000 budget for the entire city. Um, that That's the role of the producers to say, we, we don't have that kind of money. Um, and producers tend to be, a, sadly, a, a sour and grumpy lot. Um, but it's not their fault. It's, it's because people with vision just wear them out. <laughs> <laughs> that was Brian who, who just directed the show. So yeah, 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 that's what happens. So, with who, that explanation, who was the producer in my show? Uh, unfortunately, we often have our directors act as the producer. Yeah, I think you were. So you was were, I really you were. And I think we did a podcast about it. <clears throat> oh, that's right, number eight. <laughs> there Honestly, it is. That's a, <laughs> I have no clue. Yeah. I don't remember that. So, so what are the thoughts? Uh, what what was wrong with directors? Uh, it, like, I mean, we can start with an artistic point of view. So, oh, oh, artistic. I, I think directors. Oh, then go. Okay. Whatever you had, Ron. So, I think that it, it, from a director's standpoint, you need to hold everyone to the same standards. You need to hold your cast and your crew to the same standards. Um, I'm going to dive a little bit into a retail background here, but you obviously have you know your your rules of engagement where you know you want to be on time, your rehearsal schedule, you want to know where where you're supposed to be, and hold everybody that to that uh, standard. Because if a director starts to find certain people that they maybe give a little bit more of a leash to, a little bit more leeway, that could cause problems within the cast. Now, I will also say that, and I want to go into baseball here for a minute. Sparky Anderson was well-known as a player's manager, and he always said that he had two sets of rules. There were the rules for the team, and then there were the rules for the superstars, and everybody else knew that. And I think that you have to know how to motivate people, that you can't trade everybody cookie-cutter. So what motivates me may be different than what motivates Dave. Bob might need to get yelled at if he, if he forgets where he needs <laughs> to be on stage. Whereas, uh, you know, Dave... Good is, luck with that. Whereas, <laughs> whereas Dave always needs that encouragement of saying, hey, you're doing a great job. You know, you, you got that line, you hit that mark. You know, Never get it. So you have to know from, a, from a, a people standpoint how to manage egos, I guess, is the case. Wayne. Oh, yeah. And I know that we like to say that there's no ego in community theater, but you know what? That's not true. There is. I, I'm not sure who says yeah. that, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I never said that. Did you say that? No say ego in theater. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, ego no. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I, I guess you have to be. <clears throat> you have to know theater. how to manage people as well, mm-hmm. and you have to know how to poke, how to prod, how to get the best out of everybody, while managing everybody else, knowing that okay, Susie's gonna you know get more attention because she needs it, mm-hmm. because that's how we're gonna get her to be her best. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I don't appreciate the work that you're all doing, but I think that as a director, you need to be cognizant of that. You know, don't just say, oh, hey, I like you, and you're going to be the star, and everybody else said, just kind of do what you want, because you're not going to have a good show. Mm-hmm. So. Good night, folks. Okay. <laughs> night. So, so that's kind of what's right with directors, or, or what you're looking for in a director, but um, I would think, though, so I think the problem, yeah, yeah okay, I'm not talking close enough to the mic. Uh, I don't know why I explained that because the audience, you can't see that I'm getting hand signals from Brian saying, Get, move, move, your, move your fat head. Meanwhile, um, in the recording booth. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tell um, everybody he's number one. I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, um, I, I lost it. The the problem with the the directors is when you say when they they play favorites, which still goes back to kind of the actors, you know, because you made the comment. There's one rule for the superstars, and there's a rule for everybody else. You know, like I say, no ego in theater, in community theater. That's unfortunately, I think, what a lot of directors have to remember is there are no superstars in theater, community theater either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how many years you've put on stage, no matter how popular you are, no matter how many tickets you know you're, you're selling because your name is on the the cast list, you know, the whole point of community theater is we're the community coming together to do the theater. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're not there because David War's in a show, and my God, I'll go see anything he's in. Uh, conversely, I've heard, Especially I've heard from audiences... Um, or my my sister having me an audience once where (laughs) she overheard the comment as I got on stage. It's like, oh, who's that guy? I think I've seen him before. Well, you should. He's in everything they do. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you will get recognized, but it may not be <laughs> the, the way the you want to be. You want. It may yeah. not be the recognition you want. Yeah. There he is on stage again. My God, doesn't <laughs> anyone else try out for these shows? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's our other problem with actors. <laughs> um, but, but, but no. So, so the good point. Um, it was a long way around to say good point. Thank you. <laughs> yes, Bob. Building off of that, you know kind of contrary way is that when you get your scripts who is listed in the top of the first page your cast your cast has leads leads require intensive work while those I'm not saying are lower I'm saying chorus you don't have the luxury of time for everyone and you do have to address as a group to the chorus while you do have to put more in, more effort into your lead cast because the story revolves around them. They are the focus of the show. They are the focus of the music. They are the focus of the story. And if you don't service them correctly, who cares about the chorus? That's a harsh, harsh thing to say. But when you boil it down, it's the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. You're talking really, uh, that reference felt like mostly musical. But no, I guess it would work. Like odd couple. It's still. You got to focus on Felix right. and Oscar. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I know that. I know that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> joking, joking, joking. I, I would say, I'm going to be a little contrary too. Oh, good. Is the problem then with most directors is I think that they think in terms of that. I think if they would think in terms of the story where the work needs to be done would reveal itself. Um, you know, when you happen to have, when, when you think in terms of, well, this guy's the lead, you might be missing the bigger story as well because it's not just about Oscar and Felix. They are not the main story. They are the main story, obviously, and it's their, their arc to go through. Um, but but I think you have to say what purpose do the so-called minor characters serve towards the story at this point in time? So when you're looking at a, a straight show, uh, like a comedy, I, I think you you would be making a mistake to focus only on the leads. Oh, I never meant that you just focus. 
but they get the majority of your time and explanation. But, but but even in a musical, there are times when the leads take the back seat to the ensemble. Oh yeah, definitely. So of course, so I so I think if they pay attention to the story, you know, the, the directors may if I I've been to enough shows or musicals in a, in this particular where it's clear the director thought about this number, this number, this number, and this number when they should have been thinking about here's the arc of the story and how these numbers play into it. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so they're so focused on, we got to have this big number here. Because it was in the movie. Yeah, or whatever. But they miss the fact that this big number only exists to propel the story in this direction. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, you got a scene that's following it that might be, that needed to build out of that big number. And it's like goes flat because they missed the joke or they missed the, the, the whole purpose of the big production ahead of it because they were too focused on the big and not enough on here's what holds the big together. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I know what you're saying. You're focusing on the spots instead of the actual story that gets you there. Yeah. 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 Right. There's, there's a payoff that you're getting to, but you need to invest into that story to get you to that payoff. Yeah. And I would also argue that, especially in musicals, musicals that oddly enough i did not get cast in <laughs> there's a podcast <laughs> it wasn't annie was it no, oh, no, no I was it always, wasn't annie <laughs> I'm always except for one time i think i've always been cast in annie <laughs> <laughs> thank god <laughs> uh, love you devo but the <laughs> but the she's, um, she's still here him? no oh my i didn't know it was she... annie jr i think oh yeah so oh some little seven-year-old running around <laughs> no. like Daddy Warbucks, like he knows what he's doing. Oh, but Dave has his I'm number. I'm sure the child was, has I'm that sure kid's he, number. I'm sure he was brilliant. <laughs> he could just walk in the trench. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'd say one one thing's wrong with directors too is they don't focus on character. Um, when casting, they focus on oh, this person has the best voice. This person can dance the best, and it's like yeah, but who can deliver the show? Yeah. Another thing desperately needed is the director must want to direct that show or does that story i've been in a couple where it's basically the director literally came out on the first day of rehearsal and went well we're doing the show they talked me into it i get to do my show after this one's done so let's break out the parts yeah that's depressing right from the start yeah what a way what a way to Fire up the cast, yeah. Because yeah. um, because again, the director, you know, what's wrong with directors is they don't, like you say, they don't know how to manage people. They don't necessarily know how to keep the cast motivated throughout. Because if you're talking a musical, you're talking possibly a twelve week, sixteen to twenty week rehearsal process. <laughs> Depends on who's directing it. Exactly. Which, which is the other thing wrong with directors too is they never. It's, a lot of them don't seem to sit down and figure out exactly how long it's going to take to, to to rehearse a show. Yeah. And plan for problems in the rehearsal period i suggest that any time that you're going to do a show you've got to have a year lead time that doesn't mean you're in rehearsals right but you Mm -hmm. devote a year to planning to planning it out mapping it out draw out your floor plans draw out your costumes get a hold of your music people get that stuff all done before you have an announcement in the paper because i think we've all done that too where it's like Oh, well, I didn't think about that. We'll do. We'll take care of it once we get on stage. And I know a lot of blocking changes. Blocking. 
Yes, we all heard that. <laughs> he hates blocking. Everybody hates blocking. I hate blocking. The director will spend months doing it, making sure this person is exiting stage right while this one's exiting the left, and then we're going to make a little triangle here. No, you're all in a standard line over there. You break it up, break it up, break it up. Show dates, not a single bit of it exists on stage. And you have people standing where... There was never a planted, uh, potted plant before. It's suddenly in the main traffic flow of the show. <laughs> that, that was pretty specific. Uh, I, think so. uh, <laughs> I kept it general. I didn't say what kind of what kind of plant it was. Oh, my, my bad. I take that back. <laughs> Don't make me get Glenn close out here. Oh, we we uh, talked a little bit about this with an episode with DeVoe, the choreography uh, episode. Mm. I don't remember the number off the top of my head. Um, but I think another thing directors need to remember is that not everyone has their talent level or ability level. Not only from a, from a choreography or a musical standpoint, but even from an acting standpoint. You know, you have to, to understand that in community theater, it may be somebody's first show. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the ability to pull that emotion or whatever it is that you want from them. Mm-hmm. And from a director, you need to understand that and, and work around that. And maybe that goes back to casting to begin with. Um, but I, I think the talent level needs to be also looked at from a director standpoint that, you know, though, and, and the director, especially at the community theater level needs to understand they're a teacher as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think I would presume that once you get to Broadway, there's an expectation, like you're saying, of everybody knows what they're doing and what they've done. But yeah, literally, like you just said, the last show, you know, we, we had people who hadn't been on stage for a while or they hadn't been, hadn't done dramas in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, or at all. Or at all. And, and it's a different skill set. And you, you need to understand the strength. And unfortunately, that's where, again, the directors in the rehearsal process, um, where I was getting back with the musicals, uh, is like I, I've been to musicals plenty of times where it's like, okay, they cast singers. Mm-hmm. When, in my opinion, they should have cast actors mm-hmm. who could sing. There mm-hmm. is... I've been involved with uh, several theater groups, and one, I'm not going to mention names, but that they make no bones about it. It is a musical. Therefore, it is the music, and we don't really care about the acting until the week of the show. Oh. Then, this is your backstory. What's your backstory? I don't know. Well, you should have had that done. We're moving on. And again, that funny. That's the same show that had the potted plant. Uh, no, we oh. <laughs> had the. Uh, I hate this show. I don't want to direct it. Oh. But oh. <clears throat> that director. Yeah, yeah. Because because the thing is, if I wanted to go to a concert, I pay to go to a concert. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But my feeling is, I'm going to a musical because it is a show. Yeah. I want my story. There's a story involved, and sometimes the story is pretty loose, as we know with. Uh, the jukebox musicals. The jukebox musicals. Okay. Lifting you up remain. where things so high. <laughs> Love is ding, a battlefield, ding. it really is. <laughs> bang, bang. I don't know why I missed you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, you know, not, ev- not every musical is Cats. <laughs> which is a, cur- a curiously period <laughs> or character-driven piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so character-driven. <laughs> but no, but it's, it's just, you know... Yeah, Put you gotta to have back. that. Uh, you gotta have the uh, 
the passion from the director to start with. Yes. And, and as we just saw in our own group with the Twilight of the Golds, the director's passion can carry it through and get the show actually produced. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because if the director doesn't care about it, which is, is a thing, you know, what the hell's wrong with my theater group? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is if you don't have that talent already developed in the, the directing pool, you know, so they can come forward and say, hey, I really want to do this and have the trust in your directors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're up, up the proverbial creek. And that's uh, what it... No, go ahead. No, you... No, you're good. And, that, and that's... Because we discussed um, a long time ago, um, at one of the first one of the first podcasts, uh, you know, setting who sets a season uh, and, you know, is it the board that sets a season? What, you know, what are we, what are the, you know, what's the season, what should the season consist of? And I've always thought that that is the biggest drawback of setting a season. Well, we're going to do these, these two comedies. We'll do this drama and we'll do this musical. Everybody agree? Yes. Now who wants to direct those? I have no interest in any of them. Right. You know, and then, then let the people on the board who said let's do the show they should direct those shows they have the passion yes bob i agree i agree 300 percent. but the reason that you do set up even if there's a fake fake out uh-huh. is because it's a fake out just to purposely aggravate someone to going they're doing in the woods again oh, god why are they doing that shit well I mean, I'd be willing to do the show, but I'd rather be doing South Pacific. Well, then do South Pacific. Well, all right, I'll do South Pacific. <laughs> and we've switched. I uh, know, yeah, yeah. All it is, post, poster paper is cheap. Well, yeah. internet graf- graphics even more cheap. <laughs> and to talk about Monroe Community Players specifically, I think we have a unique opportunity now as a group because again most groups do do what brian says they they set a season they take applications for directors perhaps Mm -hmm. uh, and then they go from there um and that works we're in a position now where you know we're have this ambition of a show a month Mm -hmm. we really can transform into a talent driven (laughs) like to thank one of our sponsors, Tim Hortons, on that one. Thank you. Thank you. Or if you'd like to be a sponsor, Tim Hortons, great. <laughs> Russell Sprouts yeah. does a body good. <laughs> but the, uh, um, but the, to be a talent-driven <clears throat> theater, we're literally we're waiting for the talent to come forward and say, "Here's what I want to do." Mm-hmm. And I think people are sheep and need to be told. Well, and to jump on that point, I think from what the hell is wrong Seriously. with directors? Share your knowledge. If you yeah. know how to do something, don't put it on a binder and put it on a shelf somewhere that's magically yours that you want to keep and hold on to. Um, you know, find find someone, take them under your wing, be an apprentice, be an, a mentor. Say, hey, you know, this is, you know, if you would like to direct a show, I'll be your assistant director, but I'm going to really be hands off. And if you have questions, you can ask me. I think that that's another thing where it becomes a power trip for some people that as directors, they want to control it all. And they will parcel out bits and pieces of things for you for other people to do, but ultimately it's it's their 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 baby that they want to be responsible for, and then you don't have any talent to to take over. Right. And I agree. Right. Well, and, and <coughs> I think that that brings back something I think we talked about back in episode sixteen, um, which was you know the director is a guide, not a god. 
I keep um, thinking there should be a yellow block box with a little C, C uh, iPad uh, iPod number fifteen. <laughs> yes. like a comic book yeah. yes we should do that yeah and um, i've been trying to keep notes on every show i know talk about and, and if you go That's to you know apple podcast or i itunes or whatever the are you reading the synopsis the synopsis bob or brian writes the synopsis oh, okay. i write the most they're very of the cute well, well thank you except the last one was a little weak it, well, it, it was to be honest. i was it was really weak it was like they discussed theater <laughs> Seriously, it was bad. I just, you know what? David was... and Carol talk, and the rest of us just listen. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it was bad, and I, w- I was lazy. I'll just be honest. I was lazy. I just, it was like, um, well, you're tired I, for well, my nobody's God. ever lazy. It's... I was, I was like, I didn't, because usually when I edit, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it two or three times, and blah blah blah. This one, I listened to it once. I thought, oh, I'm not on it. Why should I listen to it again? <laughs> <laughs> And I just went, oh, they're talking theater. A little coffee goes in, a little truth comes out. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I should have. No, uh, but it I, was, it was But no, now we'll get a two-page. <laughs> yeah, and it's why <laughs> wait till these <laughs> next Wait till they see the next one. And David is brutally <laughs> cruel to Brian. Check out Minute while Mark Ron 25. And, uh, yes, while David Ron and Bob mockingly. David said to do Lovers Part 2. <laughs> He wanted to direct it. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's another thing, just a general, not really on topic, but what if we stop saying that we're doing shows and doing events? Start doing events. Such as, or we have, instead of doing a comedy, a drama, a musical, a kid show. Okay? We're not doing shows, we're doing events. So what event can we do for the adults? What can we do for the kids? I don't like that. Okay. We could brand them as premium live events. <laughs> premium live events. I guess I, I'm not quite sure what you mean by events. I, well, I, I think, are you getting at just so we as a group don't sit down and say, okay, we got to do a children's show now because it's time to do a children's show. Right. We got to follow that with a comedy because it's time to do a comedy. We haven't done a comedy in three weeks or it, three it has shows. To be comedy, mm-hmm. drama, comedy, kid show. Yeah. Musicals. Because I'm in favor of that, of not worrying about a set pattern. Yeah. Okay. Um, but but I, okay. I, I think calling them events leads to doing things that are not theater. Agreed. I just was wondering about that. Is is the word show hindering us? I don't know. That's a good question. Because look what, what we've done in... Well, like Ron just said, a premium live at the... Live. <laughs> a premium live theatrical event. Well, that's like that's we're saying. But what we started to do with the um, dinner theater is an interactive dinner experience. I think that works for dinner theater. Yeah. All right. And then you have we have our um, uh, the readers theater, which is in well, how do you, how do you put that? It's not readers theater. It's that's theater of the mind. Well, we call it the Reader's Theater Experience, I think, is what we were talking okay. about. But, so, but yeah, yeah. I always yeah. describe it's the theater of the mind. It's Yeah. This is not, you know, this we bring the word to life. Radio gone wild. It's not theater in the sense that they're used to. Radio gone wild. Now, and that's the kind of thing that if that catches on, eventually you don't have to just keep describing it because your audience will know what it is. Right. They've been educated. Um, and so maybe that's part of it is when do, do we have to look back at when we have to educate the audience, kind of going back to the last episode, um, which was 
2017 for those who are who so, want to go back and check um, you know what, what's wrong with the audience is how do we train the audience to know what to expect before they get into the the theater i think uh branding is important and when we had talked about this it might have been after one of the shows where we come up with you know taglines so for example if it's a drama theater that makes you think yeah mm-hmm. uh, theater that makes you laugh theater that makes you sing um you know and use that as a brand instead of just saying, oh, we're doing a drama. I'm not going to talk about what we said about Raiders Theater either. <laughs> Theater that makes you want to go up to the parking lot. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> I'll edit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You're just savage. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, no, that, that guy that guy is savage. Savage right there. I saw Mr. I Mr. Del DeFacto is savage. savage. I was watching and I. I don't know who said that to me, but I was really tickled with that. <laughs> you should be. It's very complimentary. It was, it I found was very it. complimentary. Yeah. It was, well, and you deserved it for that delivery of that one line, which is... <sighs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, going back to the, the topic then with the directors, so that those are things, of course, the director shouldn't have to worry about. Right. Um, and that's one of the issues that, that we probably face a lot is that in our... The problem with directing, too, is that they have to worry about too much. In yes. most small, most small theaters, the directors are treated more like the gods, not the guides, because they have to worry about every aspect of the theater. Um, you know, it's it, if you have a theater where the director can just go, do the rehearsals, work with the actors, come up with the best show possible. More power to you. But I imagine this is true. Maybe it's just us, but I think it's true with other things where the, where the director suddenly, hey, where do you want the ticket, folks? Yep. Mm-hmm. How, many, how, are we, how are we going to sell the tickets? Do you want this kind of advertising and all that? These are things the director shouldn't have to worry about. That's the, that's the producer side. You know, the director should just have to say, you need some quotes from me on this show? Here they are. Somebody write the, the press release where the reality is that doesn't always happen to. Um, in our group, the director may have to do that. The director may have to, in, you know, in this case, we're, uh, last show where Brian was the director and the producer, you know, he had to find his own set design, his, his crew to do that. He got great volunteers to do that. Um, but, you know, he had to find those people, whereas in a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot of groups, but in some of the bigger groups, okay, I'm the director. Okay, good. Here's your lighting designer. Here's your costumer. Here's this because they're paid staff. Right. Yeah. Right. right. And also, it's not your responsibility. I did. I was very grateful that they let me play Fagan and Oliver down at Croswell because another actor had to step out and came in and... I normally do for a character. I'll start sketching, a, uh, you know, what the character looks like, and I showed it to the director, and the director very kindly just went, "This is really good. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it." But before you came on board, we had so and so coming. Already is going to be here for three weeks to do your makeup for you, and she's in the run of Rocky, which is playing on Broadway right now. Is it okay if we just use her designs? Until, since she's already started to work on it. Yes, of course. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so all, all they wanted you to do was learn your lines, sing your songs, be on time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, and I don't know how to say this without maybe coming across as a jerk, but directors should demand support from the organization. Yes. Because... If you, you know, are choosing to do a show, you are putting it out there to, to make a, a performance that's going to make money 
should make money for the organization. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, the organization should not necessarily just line up rank and file, but they should offer every support that you ask for. You shouldn't have to as the director, okay, who's going to sell tickets? Okay, who's yeah. going to do this? Or, hey, it's a week before, we still need somebody to run lights. No, it shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, in our organization, everybody's pretty fully aware when the shows are going on. Yep. And it should just be maybe one or two calls to action, and then we should have people just lined up and say, hey, what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. And I know that that's a, that's a challenge for every organization. But again, as a director, and I know they're a guide, not a god, but especially when you don't have the big talent of, or big pool, I'm sorry, a big pool of directors available, when somebody does decide to do a show, the group should be like, well, thank you. You know, what, what can we do to help? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and, and, and I'm sorry, we just discovered why we shouldn't open the curtains while we're doing shows because, podcasts, because David turns goes, squirrel. I know, I, I've, I've been doing it too. It's like, look at the pretty lights <laughs> in the cars. cars. I thought you were just n- nodding to agree with all my wonderful points I've been making. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when you're high atop the Benish building, the view is just spectacular. It's stunning. They, um, so, but yes, Ron, you know, absolutely you're right. Absolutely. The group should be, yeah. in theory, in a perfect group, the, the people that you're describing are already in place because they're the committee chair and they're ready for the whole year. Right. I mean, that at one point, that was the whole idea of calling the board of directors the board of directors because everybody on the board is a director yeah. for a show that's on that season. But mm-hmm. what our group, and, you know, sorry, players, if anyone's offended from this, but the problem we currently have is the lack of volunteers. Right. Mm-hmm. And when your group is, frankly, got shrunk to a, a handful of folks, you may not have the luxury, you know, um, you know, one emergency, and and suddenly you don't have anybody. You know, we don't have a regular person to do costumes. Right. We don't have a regular person to do choreography. We don't have a regular person to do these things. Mm-hmm. And so every show it is a scramble. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been fortunate that you know um, a lot of us doing the double duty of you know the ticketing has gone very well. But you know, um, good good heavens! I'd like not to have to worry about the website, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and some of the social media stuff. You know, I think we're 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 all wearing too many hats. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's because of the size of the group. So, mm-hmm. um, which I think is another episode we could do is what do we do about burnout? Right. Yeah. Um, because I'll be honest. Um, Join him in the back of the high school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are days when I wake up, it's like, oh. I don't want to do players anymore, um, and and it's not. Yes, I know. Shocking, Brian's 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 all agog. Um, I think sometimes I come with this podcast just to show off my vocabulary. By the way, <laughs> I may not know how to pronounce those words, but I know them. All right. <laughs> and, and just this is for you, Caitlin. Arabic, Arabic. I still know how to do it. <laughs> but but yes, so I I hear you. Um, so. So I think maybe that's, again, one of the things with the directors, though, if I can segue into that, is that the director also needs to understand his or her limits. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times they don't. Um, you know, it's like, okay, if you can't do something, ask. Open thy mouth yeah. is the 11th commandment. Um, because I think we're all guilty of assuming that everybody knows what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
and and a lot of times it's just a matter of pulling the team together and that's really i think in a lot of ways especially with a, a small group the director's biggest job is to be that cheerleader and pull the team together um i'll be honest i i think i do in general if i can get behind something i'm directing i think i've demonstrated that i can pull a team together mm-hmm. without, a doubt, without a doubt absolutely um, you know shows you know to, to brag shows like a mary poppins of beauty and the beast those, those just don't happen and that's the other thing that's wrong with directors too is i think they'll go into shows with a lack of vision so if you're doing let's say little mermaid uh, whatever the latest disney musical is and you're saying well i'm just it's all in the cartoon. I don't have to do anything in my own design. I know exactly how it works. You're already failed. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we did um, Mary Poppins, I, I'd seen the show before. I'd seen, seen both live. Of course, the, there was, the movie wasn't really there to do it. Or I'll use Beating the Beast as a better example. All you really had to go back in those days, because we were among the first groups to actually do Beating the Beast, was the Broadway show and the animated film. Mm-hmm. The director has to sit there and say, here's the stage I'm going to put it on. How do I make all this fit onto that stage, and what can I do with it? And I'm going to tell one more time, folks, use a freaking stained glass window to open that show. I don't know why nobody does it. <laughs> this is a secret. <laughs> but, you know, the movie started with that stained glass window, and I'm at the risk of just copying the stained glass, you know, that thing there. It's like, do that. You know, then you've set the audience's expectations up, and now you can do anything you want because they've been satisfied from that first moment mm-hmm. that they're going to see an authentic telling of Beauty and the Beast based on how Disney did it. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to duplicate anything from then on in. But, but I think to have the character step out of that stained glass window it makes that transition from here's what you knew with the animated version and here we go, we're going in this new direction with the live actors. That's just me. I also have ways to tell you, Bob can tell you about the makeup of the Beast for a lot of reasons, none of which have to do with um, the issue of blackface in the theater today. Use more light highlights on your beasts than dark ones. You got to see the guy's expressions. And, and if you go with, with all the dark lines, you don't see the expressions. Also, if you're going to be using a plastic chest, Show, show the, the plastic chest. chest. Yeah. But, we, but I've seen so many times Beauty and the Beast where it's like it does sadly look like somebody <clears throat> blackface. And it's like you can't do that. Mm. Even though he's a beast, you just can't do that. Well, they're thinking of the cartoon where it's close up all the time. Yeah. Close up, right on the eyes. Yeah. You're in stage. Yeah. And then we'll talk about the transformation scene, which everybody botches too. But we can do an episode on Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, sure. Turn that castle. Turn that castle. <laughs> so anyway, um, musical guys will be really enthused about that one. Time. Yeah, that'll be super. Well, and and in the musical, I, I still I know I'm I'm shouting now. Um, <laughs> he's he's really excited now, folks. This is it. Wound um, up. Uh, I, I I still go back to my point too. A lot of directors' problem is they don't focus on character. Mm-hmm. The actors aren't the only ones that have to worry about the character. The director has to too. And if the actor has gone in a completely wrong direction. Don't, don't be afraid to say, hey, I think you've gone in the wrong direction here. I don't care if the actor is your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Daughter. <laughs> Daughter. What wife. wife. You know, if, you, if they aren't going in your, your vision, you have to be able to articulate the vision to the entire cast <laughs> and, frankly, the crew 
and that's probably the number one job I think the director has is to make people see what you're seeing. Sometimes you fail, sometimes you don't, but even if you, what is that old saying, if you aim for the moon, at least you land among the stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. You, oh, you haven't heard that before? No. No, I've heard that other one, though. You know, you, you fail moon, 99% you fail ninety-nine of the time if you don't take the shot. Yeah. Oh, uh, I like that one, too. That's had math in it. I didn't well, care what, for what it. Well, what they don't really say is if you shoot for the moon and you miss, you, you yeah. die a or death or burn up a horrible, the entry. horrible death. <laughs> you don't land among the stars. The stars are way farther away than you can imagine. The Sandra Bullock should have known that in that movie. Yeah, what that all starts with, though, is the director's passion. Yes. And I think the director, yes. what the hell is wrong with directors? If you don't have passion, don't even bother. Right. Because you can have a vision. Well, if you have a vision, you should have passion. But I think that becomes contagious. And even if it's a 16-week lead time, if you have passion... By the end of those 16 weeks, whoever's left is still going to have passion for that show. So I think it just it boils down to that word. Passion. Passion. <laughs> passion. 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 From Calvin Klein. <laughs> I think that's obsession. Nothing gets between me and my passion. Hopefully someday I deodorant will. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at very the well said, Ron. I'm sorry I stepped on your line there. But I saw you going in for the passion, and I was like, "Here he comes." I, I knew it. Passion, passion, passion. Okay. <laughs> and now ten minutes of just one word: passion. <laughs> oh, a Madonna song. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There we go. That, that, that shut. Yeah. But. What's the incentive so what the for the director? Directors? What's the incentive for the director? What's the incentive for the That's director to question, do a show? We've we thoroughly it's ego. What else? Mm, wait, 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 wait. What? Ego. The the not the planet. I know. The <laughs> Kurt Russell, I, love you. I am just tossing Still out there. I us. think part of it Still is the incentive is to be able to create something from nothing. Yep. To 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 take these words and just bring them to life. Um, sometimes yeah. the director may say, "Oh, it's because I want to put forward this cause, and this play doesn't." In exa- for this example, okay. but I don't think that's really what drives you to want to direct. Which is probably why I don't direct very often, I guess, because I, I, I mean, I have a huge ego, but I've never considered it with directing because I, I number one, I don't consider myself a good director, well, and number two, it's not where my real passion and, lies. And ego may be the wrong word, but I mean. The reality is because the director is invisible to the audience. You know, your name may be on the program, but they don't see you. They don't know that you're there unless the, the cast, which, by the way, is to me, and sorry, guys, because we did it. I know. And I knew you didn't I like it. I hate that. I know. Oh, drag I the director I hate when you up. drag the director out. I, yeah. Because to me, those are the moments that are shared between the cast and the crew. The audience is sitting there going, this is boring. I want to go home. I want to tell you why we're giving him this poster. Oh, I spoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but no, I mean, no. as, as wonderful of a moment as this for the crew, cast and the crew, to me, it's a cast and crew thing, and it's not an audience thing. The audience, they, they have their part to play, and their part is done once the, the, the curtain is closed. Uh, that's just me. I know other people that do it, but I, I know I have also sat in audiences for 10 minutes when it's like, yeah, yeah, I have no idea who any of these people are here. Oh, I just paid court. my money to come see this show. Now, now, in in 
in the defense of that one, that particular one, um, <laughs> throw Ron under the bus. I didn't know he was going to do that. I know. Um, I, actually, I did know you were going to do. But, and Ron, he acknowledged he knew I would be. Yeah, I did. did and I didn't try to stop it. I, I, I knew I said he said. He, he said, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to acknowledge the 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 crew. And I thought, that's okay, good. that's fine. That's wonderful. That's fine. It was when. Because you didn't say it, and I did sit there as you were talking, and I thought, please, Ron, don't, 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 don't. And and he did, and he called me up there, and I was like, oh, yeah. Now, I, I am kind of like you. I don't mind the crew getting, I don't mind the lights, I don't mind if there's music, da-da. But the director, no, leave him out. Yeah. Well, and again. Because there might be people the, there going. The quick applause. I, I just say, I, I think that we, <laughs> and it's probably another podcast again, it's, it's we got to know when it's our time. And when it's the audience's time, and we should be cognizant of that. Um, that that's just what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. but to go to my original point, the director's very much invisible for most cases. And mm-hmm. it, uh, my understanding is, on the professional stage, by that point, the director's not even in the house. Oh no, he's no. working on. He's got another show. Gig, they've, they've gone off to another job. They're, yeah. they're he's, doing what they he's, need to do. Has nothing he's to do in the back taking out the toilet paper. I, I know in community <laughs> theater, the expectation is the director's there every night. Um, running lights. In but case I, something happens. <laughs> running lights sound. Sound. <laughs> sound some, light. I, but an I, actor gets in a car accident. I've been in yeah. shows, yeah. some that, you know, I consider Mary Poppins one of the best shows. You know, my swan song kind of thing. I didn't see Closing Night uh, because I had another commitment. Mm-hmm. Oh. But as a director, at that point, if, <laughs> if the show can't run a Closing <laughs> Night without me, I wasn't the director. If I didn't Chip do does, my the director. I it didn't do my job as the director. Right. If Chip didn't go into the orchestra, it's a success. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but so. So yeah, what do you get out of it? I think it's the actual joy of creativity and it is. doing doing something that's bigger than yourself. Yeah, I think so. even even if nobody knows that. Yeah. Okay, I agree. I agree. Thank so what the hell was wrong with directors? Yeah, nothing. They're brilliant. <laughs> They're the best things. It depends on who you ask. Uh, Well, from an actor standpoint, the problem with directors is they never cast properly. Right. (laughs) They're always favorites. There's always plain favorites. They never let me take the second chorus. They they won't let me do this funny bit that I've developed, and I think it's just great. We'll add so much to the show, and it doesn't detract from the moment at all. Uh Uh-huh. Um, Why don't they let me sing this in a different register? Why aren't I in front of the chorus? I think it's great that I wore this special costume that my mother handmade for me, and it's, just, <laughs> it's wonderful, and I don't know why I have to wear what this costume Why can't a little wear. orphan wear the big diamond earrings? Yeah. So, so it really kind of devolves into what's wrong with actors. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's what it all comes back to. <laughs> what's what the wrong? Is wrong with actors? But, but the director, again, he or she needs to be able to command that respect. Mm-hmm. But I think to your point, Ron, it has to happen at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's, there's always going to be somebody out there who didn't get cast that thinks they should have there's always going to be somebody out there who doesn't agree with the blocking there's always you know, the, it's going to happen but mm-hmm. your obligation is to make sure that show happens anyway mm-hmm. I'm never working in this town again <laughs> that's, that's a, for different reasons but sure <laughs> We love each other. Don't, don't worry about it, everybody. We're all we're all friends in this room. We we are. Stop kicking me. Tr- <laughs> Trust me, folks. If you're listening out there, we are as solid as John, Paul, George, and Ringo. We are. We, we're like them. We'll never. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs>
Well, what we meant, what we meant was the Backstreet. Well, no, that, that don't work either. <laughs> the Rolling Stones are still out there. Menudo. Yeah, but Bill Watts is dead. So or yeah. Charlie Watts. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I guess the mamas and the papas. I don't know. Aren't half of them dead too? Uh, I think so. We're like the Partridge family, always stuck in your mind, but for no good reason. <laughs> I think I love you. I like that one. I do, too. Why did the little girl have the tambourine? I don't know. <sighs> she had just been to work, right? I swear that sounds like the being of a joke. Why did the little girl have the tambourine? She, I don't know. Bye, bye. <laughs> you know, when you go back to some of those reruns, you can tell that the kid did not know how to play the drums. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, even oh, Veronica on the TV and the cartoon knew how to hit. <laughs> yeah, it was Betty. Betty was it? Oh no, you're right. Betty was yeah, keyboard. Yeah, yeah, no, Veronica was keyboard. Challenge me, I dare you. I challenge you. <laughs> wow, two straws. No, Betty was tambourine. That's what I said. No, you said Veronica was keyboard. Did I? You said Veronica was tambourine. All right. Well, check it. Was play that back, but play that back. <laughs> It's not the damn uh, Enterprise. Jughead was drums. <laughs> drums. No, and Sulu was helm. Richie played, played bass and Archie was uh, lead. lead. Daddy sang tenor, right? <laughs> well, that's how you get good. Then later Daddy on. Bass, you want Josie in the Pussycats? This is how you get Josie in the Pussycats. Later on, Moose and Dilton became the roadies. Dilton was their manager and uh, Moose was their roadie. This was in the cartoon? What? And, in the comic books, and in oh. the end, in the end, the levee was dry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they all they all had to do this stuff. I still think, speaking of verse, I still would love an album of fictional bands' number one hits. Oh, there oh, would yeah. be quite a few you know, of them. You know, Partridge Family, <clears throat> I Love You, The Monkeys, which. That's, Contrary to popular belief, were a fictional band. I know, but I don't they became they a real band. They became too, a real but band. But they started as a fictional band. You know, the Archies had Sugar they Sugar. They were cast. Uh, Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. The Brady, Brady were kids. they really a band, though? Well, they The yeah. Silver Platters? Yes, of course they were. Uh, Silver Platters, that's, that's right. That's what they were playing for, right? Yeah. That's right. So and they got the $50. But, but I, I think there's, a, you know, Josie and the Pussycats. Jabber Jaws. Did they have a number one hit? I don't think they did. It's a shark. <laughs> did the Groovy Ghoulies have a number one hit? Yes. They had, um... Oh, God, no. Chicka-boom, chicka-boom. That was the that was number one, one? yeah. Was, okay. Don't forget the way out. The way, oh, the way out? Oh, the way out. I've lost. Flintstones. I think they were the Flintstones. Yeah, they were the Flintstones. The Jetsons had a group, too. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Ook, ark, ark, bing, bing, bang, bang, walla, walla, bing, bang. bang. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? Wasn't and that? we're off the rails. And actually, Pebbles and Bam Bam had a song too. Yes, let's sunshine in. Let's sunshine in. Oh, I thought it had something. Oh, the sunshine in. Was it Anne Margaret? Was it Anne Margaret in that episode? Anne Rock. I'm sorry. Yes, Anne Margaret Rock. Rock. I'm sorry. Yes. Well, wasn't mm-hmm. that an interesting tangent? Guess what show is going to be next after? <laughs> Uh, officer and a gentleman closes the number one hits of all your cartoon friends. Oh lord, It'd be fun! I it would you know, sell more. I don't think Gilligan's Island. They had the mosquitoes. Gilligan's came to the Gilligan's Island, mm-hmm. but I don't think they ever had a number one hit. And 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 let's not since we're on this tangent, let's not forget the great Chad and um, Jeremy. Chad and Jeremy. My God, what kind of sounds are they making? <laughs> I don't know, but I don't like it anymore, Alfred. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> 
90 percent of you're not getting that are you Chen Jerry, until their voices were stolen by the infamous no 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 oh was that a batman episode Catwoman? Catwoman. Catwoman stole their voices. Catwoman yeah. stole their voices. She had that little, little box. Little box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that one. You learn something new every day, folks. My son Ben bought me the whole series on Blu-ray, and oh. I just oh, love it. Isn't it wonderful? It's a wonderful thing when you really want to feel nostalgic. And, it's just turning in. It's like, it's not fuzzy. I know. Did it's you know Batgirl had her own theme? Yes, Batgirl. Whose baby are you? Batgirl. Batgirl. Whose baby are you? Something whose baby like are you? Hmm. Check your I found it on the other day on, features. on okay. that uh, streaming service that shall not be named. <laughs> and yet we're still just, I'm still desperately trying to get us on there. Yeah, well, we were just ahead of our time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what were you after? What? Spotify. I, Spotify. Spotify. Now I'm, that everybody else is getting off of it, we're still trying to. Oh, <laughs> we're still, we're I'm sure trying they'll to welcome us with open arms. Absolutely. You know, you don't have to listen to Joe Rogan. You can come here and get the truth. The truth. The real truth, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Officer and a gentleman. Soiling green is people. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a cookbook. It's a cookbook. <laughs> but Many it, more truths. But, but is it keto friendly? Are Probably. You kidding, actually. If it was you Green think? Lantern, it would be, I mean, Green Hornet, it would be a, the yeah. keto free. And, and so with that, I think it is time to wrap this sucker up. Oh, yeah. Um, it looks like we're about out of time for this episode, as I would normally say. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. Ooh. We appreciate each and every one of you especially after these little tangents. Um, but but some part of me thinks that maybe that's why you really listen, even though it may take an hour to get to them. And, or not after editing, who knows, 10 minutes. Um, but check us out on Facebook, Monroe Community Players. Be sure to search for Monroe Community Players in Monroe, <coughs> Michigan. Uh, our website, monroecommunityplayers.org. More Groupies Fun on our MCP podcast page on Facebook. And please email us. Oh, I didn't say that right. Please email us with your comments, thoughts about this, or any other episode at Monroe Community Players at yahoo.com. Sure to let us know if it's okay to read your email on the podcast because, gosh, when that first one comes in, we are ready to read it. We sure are. This has been a production of the Monroe Community Players and was recorded high atop the Benish Building in Monroe Public Access Cable Television Studio, Impact, in beautiful downtown Monroe, Michigan. We are the Groupies. We look forward to seeing you in the green room. Well, goodbye. And don't think it hasn't been a little slice of heaven, because it hasn't.